Genesis chapter 18, we'll begin reading at verse 11. Genesis chapter 18, verse 11, the Bible says, Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Verse 14 says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Then he said, At the time appointed I will return unto thee, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return. And I came to preach this simple message to New Freedom Apostolic Church when it's time. When it's time. If you would, lay your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands and ask God to have His way tonight. God, we thank You so much for Your presence. We already feel in this place. We ask You, God, that You would anoint us, Lord, to deliver this message and on every ear, every heart, every mind, God. We want to see You in this place, Lord. We want Your will to be accomplished. Not our will, but Your will, Lord. Help us tonight, God, to hear from You. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Joseph. Everybody remembers Joseph and the life that he lived. Joseph was a man of dreams. Joseph was a man of vision. Joseph was a man who really by no choice of his own was his daddy's favorite child. Joseph grew up being doted on. He didn't ask for it. Joseph grew up having the coat of many colors. He didn't ask for it. He happened to be born by a certain woman at a certain time. And because of that, by no, no strength of his own, by no ability of his own, God gave him favor, and he grew up his daddy's favorite son. And you know the story. Because of that, his brothers hated him. Because of that, his brothers didn't want anything to do with him. Because of that, Joseph had a lot of heartaches that he didn't ask for in his growing up years. And I don't know how his daddy felt when he came to him and told him of his dreams. And I don't know how his daddy felt when he first began to talk of the future with him. But I know how his daddy felt when he told him about the dream. I know how his brothers felt when they, he told them about the dream. When he told them about the dream that they would bow down to him, it brought even more anger from his brothers, and I'm sure it brought disappointment from his dad. Here I have doted on you. Here I have raised you. Here I have given you the best, and you're going to tell me I'm going to bow down to you? Those of us that are parents might have an idea of what that might feel like to have a child that you've raised and you poured everything on and then they come and say, yeah, one of these days you're going to bow down to me. <laughs> that wasn't a real good idea, Joseph, but Joseph had a dream. And then the dream began to come to pass. 
And it didn't happen the way Joseph thought it would happen. It didn't come to pass the way Joseph had envisioned in his mind. Joseph had envisioned, I'm sure, in his mind, as soon as his daddy let him go, boom, he'd be this great and powerful person. But Joseph didn't see in between the greatness. He didn't see the journey. And the journey took him to a pit. The journey took him to a place where his brother said, uh-huh, we, we see here comes that dreamer. Let's get rid of him and we won't have to worry about him anymore. We, we see the lies that were told on Joseph. Here's the coat of your son and it's covered in blood. Surely some beast has ripped him limb from limb. The lies that were told, the, the pits that he was thrown in. Thank God for a brother that said, I'm going to sell him off to the Ishmaelites. What a blessing. If I came to somebody today and I said, I'm going to sell you as a slave, they might not be happy about that. And I'm sure Joseph wasn't happy about that either. But it sure beat the grave. And sometimes we have to understand, we might feel like we're a slave, but we need to remember, being a slave beats the grave. Being a slave and still alive, there's hope. Being a slave and still alive, there's a chance God's going to show up when it's time. There's a chance God's going to make all things work together for good when it's time. And we don't get to pick the time. And thank God a brother sold Joseph to the slave trade. And here he is on the auction block. You know the story. Here he is and he gets bought and he gets taken to a house and he finds favor with his master. But he also found favor with his master's wife. And he didn't ask to be there. He didn't ask for the trouble. He didn't ask for an adulterous woman to run after him. And he maintained his integrity by leaving his coat when she grabbed him and tried to get him to compromise his morals. And he got lied on again. And, of course, his master, happy wife, happy life, right? His master, of course, took the side of his wife, and now he ends up in prison. And if I told someone today that God's will for you is that you go to jail, you'd probably laugh me out of the building. If I told somebody today prison's in your future, you'd probably laugh me out of the building. If somebody told me that, I'd get a second opinion. <laughs> and yet, Joseph, the prison is better than the grave. Because even in the prison, there's still hope. Even in the prison, there's still a chance. Even in the prison where you didn't ask to be there, we know you didn't want to be there. We know you didn't ask to be there. We know the series of events in your life. We, you didn't ask to be there, and you didn't want to be there, and you wish you were anywhere but there, but you'd rather be there than in the grave, Joseph. Because, see, the grave's final. The grave's the end of your living on this side of heaven. Thank God we get to go to heaven, but I want to hang out down here long as I can. We got something to do for the Lord. We got a work to do for the Lord. We got souls to save. We got a city to win. We got people that need God. But what if we have to go to jail to do it? What if we have to go into a place of compromise and hold our morals to do it? What if we have to go to a pit? And it looks like it's the end of our life. To do it, are we willing to go through the process of time? 
Are we willing to trust God, not just with our life, but with our time? God, I think you ought to do it now. God, I think you ought to do it with this. God, I think you ought to do it this way. He's God. And His ways are higher than our ways. They're past our finding out. We're not going to figure Him out. And you know the story. Two old boys in the prison had the dreams, and he translated the dreams, and they happened just like he said. And I'm sure in his mind he thought, finally, somebody realizes who I am. Somebody came to me, and I was able to be used by God. Man, God talked to me, and God spoke to me, and it happened just like I said. And he began to pack his suitcase, and he began to brush his teeth and shave his face and iron his clothes. If I'm fixing to get out of here, the butler's going to get me out of here. And one day, two days, three days, a week, a month, on and on and on goes time. Time and more time. Does anybody here like to wait? Thank you for being honest. (laughs) Nobody here likes to wait, myself included. But friend, when it's time, there ain't a devil in hell that can stop what God has for you. Because one day, Pharaoh had a dream. One day, Pharaoh had a dream, and nobody could interpret it. He called for his magicians. They couldn't interpret it. And the butler remembered. There's this guy down there in the prison, a Hebrew, and me and the baker, we had dreams, and he interpreted them, and it came to pass, just like he said, go get him. When it's time, you better be ready. When it's time, you can't be bitter because of the time you've spent. When it's time, you can't hold on to the the mistakes of the past, Joseph. You can't hold on to the fact that you shouldn't have talked to your daddy and your brothers that way. You can't hold on to the fact that people lied on you. You can't hold on to the fact that they were going to kill you. You can't hold on to the fact that they sold you into slavery. You can't hold on to the fact that you got sold on an auction block. You can't hold on to the fact that because of your morals you got put in prison. You can't hold on to the fact that you were forgotten you got to let all that go and be ready to step in to the will of God. you got to be ready when it's time. you got to be ready when, the, when God pulls his foot off the clutch. You better be braced or you're going to get whiplash. You better be ready when it's time. Joseph comes to Pharaoh and he tells him his dream. We read the interpretation of the dream in our text in Genesis 41 and 29. Behold, there came seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, just like he said. Just like he said. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine, And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land, just like he said. It happened just like he said. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following it, for it shall be very grievous, and it happened just like he said. He said, 
There's a famine coming. But before the famine comes, there's going to be seven years of plenty. And a wise man in the seven years of plenty would put up everything extra so when the seven years of famine come, there'll be enough to make your way through. You know how you're going to make it through this famine? By what you put in the storehouse. You know how you're going to make it through this dry spell? By what you put in the storehouse. You may not be able to hear from God this week. You may not be able to feel God this week. You may not be able to find God this week. I hope you got some Holy Ghost in the storehouse that will get you through this dry time. I hope you got some things in your Holy Ghost bank that you can make withdrawals on. I hope your prayer life is enough and you feel God enough in your prayer times that when you don't feel Him, you know He's there anyway. And you know when it's time, He'll show up again. Verse 31 said, And the plenty shall not be known in the land by the reason of the famine following it. For it shall be very grievous. That's a bad seven years. You hear what I'm telling you? Seven years of famine and you don't even remember the good times? Some of us in this building tonight, you're sitting in a place where you can't remember the good times because you're in such a bad place right now. Your time is so bad right now, you can't remember the good times. All you can see is the empty barn. All you can see is you've already sold all your things to the king. All you can see is you've already given up everything that you thought you had. All you can see is the famine. Well, hang on a minute. God's still God. And had it not been for God, we wouldn't be at the last day of the seventh year of this famine. Had it not been for God giving us wisdom to put up some extra because a famine was coming, this was all the plan of God. This was all the will of God. We may have had to have walked through seven years of bad, but if we were doing what we were supposed to in the seven years of good, God already made a way for the bad. And I came to remind somebody, when it's time, Ain't no devil in hell can stop what God's doing. Verse 33 of chapter 41 of Genesis. Now therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep good food and keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. Verse 55, And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. The one that was misunderstood. The one that was hated. The one that was thrown into a pit and about to be killed. The one that was sold as a slave. The one that was bought on an auction block. The one that as he held on to his morals, somebody lied on him. The one that was thrown in prison. The one that was forgotten. The one that was remembered. The one that maintained his integrity and went before Pharaoh and said, I can't interpret your dream, but God can. He was put in charge of the entire kingdom. And God made a way where there was no way. Or was there? New freedom? 
you have what it takes to go where we're going. You have what it takes to do what God's fixing to do. You have it. It's in your storehouse. God is not building this church on the wishy-washy. God is not building this church on people that don't know what they're doing. God is not building this church on, on just some idea. God laid a bedrock foundation in this building. And God laid a bedrock foundation in these good people. God laid a bedrock foundation in this pulpit. God laid a bedrock foundation in this city. And I wish you knew what I see coming down the road. And I wish I could get you to see what's coming down the road. Because I told Brother Roden today, something big's fixing to happen in Lebanon. Something big's fixing to happen in New Freedom. Something big's fixing to happen. And if you knew what I saw, you'd already be clapping. And if you knew what I saw you'd already be excited and if you knew what I saw you'd already understand your part in it because you've got what it takes to get you through this time you say well if it's going to be so good why am I have to worry about famine because you're going to have to put you aside you're going to have to set you aside and minister to somebody else I'm going to have to put me aside and minister to the broken. I got a meeting in two weeks with a doctor in Nashville. He was one of Sister Wood's doctors. I talked to him today. You know how I got a meeting with him? She made some cowboy candy today, and I'm taking him a jar. <laughs> God is opening doors. I'm telling you, it's coming. And when it's time, when it's time for God to take the lid off this thing and it to begin to unfold, there ain't a devil in hell that can stop it. And you got to understand, there's going to be some times you might get misunderstood. There might be some times you misunderstand me. Don't let the devil play that game. There might be some times you feel like you're left out and you're in a pit and nobody cares about you. We all care about each other. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Don't let the devil lie to you. You might find out somebody lied on you. That's probably a lie too. How about we make up our minds tonight? We're going to do this. How about we make up our minds tonight? All things work together for good. You might get forgotten. I might be up here bragging on somebody that, that helped an alcoholic pray through. I might be up here helping somebody pray and I might, th I might thank the wrong person because I'm human too. And you could get offended and lose out with God. So I'm warning us. I apologize in advance. I'm human. You might have a brother or a sister that asks somebody else to do something that you thought they ought to ask you to do. It ain't about us. It's all about Him. It's all about the kingdom. If we'll go into this thing understanding we're all on the same team, we're all pulling the same thing, we're all riding in the same boat, we're all headed in the same direction. Come on, New Freedom. We've got a job to do. we got people to save. we got things God wants us to do. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in years. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. It's too late. It's too late, Sarah. You can't have kids. You're going to be a barren mom the rest of your life. A barren mom. That's an oxymoron. 
She was a mom in her heart, but she never had a child. You're going to have to live that way the rest of your life, Sarah. It's over. The devil's tried to tell some of us that. The devil's tried to tell some of us it's over. There's no use. I know what I'm preaching tonight. Where we're going, some of us are too old to go. If you ask the devil, Sister Lynn went, I ain't. We know Sister Lynn ain't too old. <laughs> She's already got things lined up. If you knew what Sister Lynn had lined up, I'm telling you. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. Friend, when it's time, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how inexperienced you are. I don't care how much money you've got. I don't care what job you have. I don't care where you live. I don't care where you drive, what you drive. When it's time, God can use you and you can change the world. God can use you and you can win souls like nobody's business. Don't look at your status in the world and try to determine your status in the kingdom. You're a child of God. You're kings and priests. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did, Abraham, did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I... Of a surety bear a child which am old? And the Lord asked this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything? Is anything too hard for God? Is my backslid loved one so bound up in the world and they don't want to come back? Is that too hard for God to touch their heart and draw them back? What'd you say? Is my bank account that's getting awful close to that teetering point? And I got bills to pay and I got food I need and I got gas to buy. <laughs> I just hope it don't start going back up after November. <laughs> Is the lack of funds in my bank account too hard for God? You mean God can make a way where there is no way? Is what happened to me in the past, the hurt that I endured, that was unjust, it was wrong, shouldn't have happened, I can't get over it, it must be too big for God. No, it's not. No, it's not. At the time appointed, when it's time, God said, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. I don't know where each of us is tonight, and I've wrestled with even doing this. I've already shared this been a couple, three years ago now. Some of us have heard it. Some of us haven't. But where we're going, I've got to make sure you understand this is God's will for new freedom. You've got to know that. You've got to know where we're fixing to go is God's will 100%. No questions asked. So I'm going to do something I don't like to do. I'm going to 
I'm going to remind New Freedom some things about me. And it ain't about me. It's just some places I've been and some things God has shown me and some things I've seen that you need to know as New Freedom. Because if you catch what has happened in my life as I have been in church, that God has prepared this place for you got to know it and it ain't about me I'm telling you I'm not here to brag it ain't me I know me better than you know me but I've got to remind us where we are okay I grew up my mama taught me to love God she taught me to love Jesus I, I did my best to live for God as a child and I did good Till moved to town. <laughs> uh, nobody knows who he is, but hey, he might stumble across this on the internet. Yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> and he introduced me to, and I went to high school. Long story, I'm human, just like everybody else. Then I joined the Navy and I became an alcoholic. I'm not going to belabor the point. I went to AA meetings. I was a friend of Bill. They put me through CAC. I took abuse. I had friends in that CAC as command alcohol abuse class. I had, I had friends in that class. This is how powerful, if you've never drank alcohol, please never touch it. This is how powerful it is. I had friends in that class. They gave us what's called abuse. If you drink while you're taking abuse, it'll turn your whole body red. It just, it, 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 it's crazy. And in that class, they would take their abuse and go drink and go through the things that that was doing to their body because they could not let it go. Everything the devil has has a hook in it. But thank God I got out. Unbeknownst to me, you know my testimony about uh, Sister Wood knew I was a dirt bag. Her daddy was sending her the money to leave me. I got a job at Queen Carpet, went that day, applied and got hired. That's unheard of at that company. I got hired on. I worked maybe, I don't know, a couple months. And I put in for a job in maintenance and got the job in maintenance. That never happened at that company. I was amazed what had happened. It was, I had got down on my knees and I begged God, God, there's got to be more than this. I hit my bottoms, what I did. At that job, I met Brother Everett Chadwick. Brother Everett Chadwick shared with me some scriptures. He's the one that won me to God. I came, I got baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins. I felt God for the first time in my life. I didn't even know you could feel God. I thought Jesus was just a picture on a wall. I'd been baptized three or four times, I can't remember. I felt God. And I began to get stammering lips in the baptistry. I had been, I had been going around like this shouting, Woo, I got it, I got it, and God got on me and I... I was standing against the wall looking away, and I began to get stammering lips, and I got scared because I didn't know you could feel God. I didn't know what was happening. I went to Brother Chadwick, told him about it. Man, I got the Holy Ghost. He said, did you speak in tongues? I said, well, no, something happened, but I stopped it. He said, well, you got to keep going. Thank God. Well, it was, what, six months later it took me. It took me. I'm hard-headed. It took me a long time to get the Holy Ghost. But I went to men's prayer meeting one night, got there early, laying in the front of that old building, on Tillman Street, rolling in the floor and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave me utterance. And God began to call me. But see, God called me when I was a child. Now, you can believe what you want to believe. I was an apostolic, but God called me. 
and uh, there were times in my in my growing up years I would have an explosion go off in the back of my head and I, I didn't know what it was one time we were at Cherry Lake in Madison and I dove in the water and when my head hit the water and I thought I was going to drown these these different times in my life I don't know what it was um, sister Rogers may know I'm not sure what it was I just know it was painful and scary and as I was in the altar seeking for the Holy Ghost I began to leap for joy and I didn't know I was leaping and I opened my eyes and I was off the ground and I freaked out <laughs> and I'm worshiping God and that thing said and I grabbed my head and I got in a corner and I began to pray and whatever it was God healed because it's never happened again I have no idea what it was I've told the story of my collarbone. God healed my collarbone. All the while, God's dealing with me. I used to do a lot of fasting. Obviously, that's not true anymore. And God used to give me visions and dreams. I am not bragging. Please, you got to know where we are. I was at Riot in McClenny, Florida. Locker 309, and God called me to preach. I said, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll say anything you want me to say. And I thought, man, next week I'll be got me an RV. <laughs> you know how long ago Locker 309 was? <laughs> when? A long time. And God gave me a dream. I can't tell you when it was, but I'll never forget it. In my dream, I'm flying. Now, not this flying. I'm soaring through a city. And I'm going down alleyways and down streets, and it's a big city. And I'm, I'm going, and then I come to a part of the city, and there's cages and there's, there's these cages, and there's people in these cages. And I stop, and I let them out. And I go on through the city, and there's cages, and I stop, and I let them out. They're chained up. There's chains, and there's chains, and there's like these, like, you know them dog kennel pens, cage kind of things? I, I guess. I don't know. And I, I went through the city, and through the whole thing, I'm setting these people free, and they're saying, thank you for setting us free. Thank you for setting us free. The whole dream. Thank you. That's all I heard. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for setting us free. And I woke up. And I had no idea what that meant. And for years, I would pray and ask God, what in the world does that mean? That don't make no sense. But I could not forget the dream. I never forgot the dream. Pastor Weeks gave a vision once January. Need a we'd like to start a church in Douglas. We caught the vision. I think you all know the story of that. We began to run the daughter work in Douglas. wasn't long. Pastor Week said, we need to get you ordained. I'm like, okay, yes, sir. And uh, he said, uh, we're going to install you as pastor. And we began to pastor Landmark of Truth Apostolic Church in Douglas, Georgia. We were there for seven years. You know the story. 
Uh, I lost my burden, scared me to death, never felt that in my life. I hope I never feel it again. I called my pastor. I said, I don't know what's happening. I've lost my burden. A few days later, we heard what was going on in Lebanon. I called Pastor Weeks. I said, no, wait, i got to tell you what happened. I was in the living room. Sister Wood came out of the kitchen. How did I said, I started to tell her what was going through my mind, and she said what she said. You don't have to say anything. I already know. I said, okay, what am I thinking? And she said, what if we're supposed to go to Lebanon and take that church? That's what I was thinking. I said, well, I don't know about all that. I better call Pastor Weeks back. Yeah, we never think the same. We're 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 good for each other, because if we always thought the same, man, that'd be kind of boring, wouldn't it? I mean, we would never get to make up. <laughs> I called Pastor Weeks. I said, Pastor, I'm not any. I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm just. And I told him what happened, and he knows us. <laughs> I said, I just got to put this to bed so I don't I don't worry about it the rest of my life. He said, Oh, don't put that to bed. You know the story. We came and we were installed in Lebanon. I forget wh- how long we were here. Y'all, some of y'all may remember my parents came up for some. It may even been the for the installation service. They came up. We took them to Nashville. We're walking around downtown Nashville, and one of them party buses came by, and somebody stuck their arm out, and I do what you do when somebody asks for five. I said, and when my hand hit their hand, and that bus went by, I looked, and there were the cages. I was in my dream. I was in, I was looking at a cage that had a chain on it that needed somebody to open it. And I began to weep. And my mama thought I was upset because I'd already told them I didn't want to go into the Country Music Hall of Fame because I used to DJ that stuff. Why would I want to go back in there? And she thought I was upset because they wouldn't, I wouldn't go in there with them. I was standing in my dream. Today, as I drove to Nashville to take Brother Roden to his doctor's appointment, it hit me. Wow. You remember me saying that? Thank you for setting us free. Do you see that chain? Do you see the name of our church? Do you see what I see? That all through the ministry of this human being, God has been lining us up for this moment? I'm telling you, we're not only going to save and deliver addicts from Lebanon, they're going to come from Nashville. I wasn't in Lebanon when I was in my dream. We're not in competition with the Hiltons. We'll, we'll save them and send them to him. <laughs> the kingdom's bigger than us. But why would I let where somebody goes to church stop me from being what God called me to be? Are you ready? Because we're going to have to do some things that might make you feel like, I'm in a pit. I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I thought we were going to do down there. 
I don't think you're going to think that way. But if you do, when it's time, it's going to be great. Well, we can't do this. We don't have enough finances. We don't have a big enough building. We, we are kind of figured, trying to figure out how we're going to do this <laughs> as far as time goes and how we're going to have the Be Free meeting because we talked to Sister Bouse and she said it really needs to go right before a service. I'm trying to work the dynamics of this out, and it makes sense. You take them through the Be Free class. It's an hour of this, and then that's truth, and then they need the spirit part of it. And I'm not going to sing to them. <laughs> we want them to stay. <laughs> so y'all pray. I, I don't know. We got we got it. You know, we're we going to figure it out. But we might need to ask some facilitators. What if, What is a facilitator? It's somebody that's there. It's somebody that shows up. It's somebody that's dependable. It's somebody that will be early. early. Everybody say early. You can't be on time and be a facilitator. You got to be early. You, you, you notice I'm looking at the floor. <laughs> Come on, New Freedom. This is where we're at. This is where God called us. I'm telling you, I have never in my walk with God felt as comfortable as, as where I am as I do today. I have never felt as comfortable in my shoes, in my skin, being who I am. Why? Because God called us to this moment. God called this group of people to this moment. God's going to use your hands to pray for somebody, and they're going to begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. God's going to use your hands to lay on somebody, and they're they're going to be delivered from addiction by your prayer. It's time. We're not at when it's time anymore. It's time. We're here. It's happening. Let's stand. Are you really ready? I'm readier than I've ever been, if that's a word. God, we thank you so much for everything that you're doing. God, we only bring these things up to give you glory. We only bring these things up to magnify your name. We only bring these things up to let us know we're in the will of God. Lord, we don't want to mess this up. We want to be the church you went to Calvary for. We want to do everything you need us to do. We want to do our part, God. We want to do what we can do, God, so that you can do your part and you can do what we cannot do. Thank you in advance, God, for the souls that are coming. Thank you in advance, God, for the lives that will be changed. Thank you in advance, God, for everything you're going to do. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Been good.